Yeah, it's not as it's not as selfish as some people will try to make it make it make it out no. to be. No, and it's not as luxurious either. That's true too. Yeah, yeah that's it's just you know that's, that's just the reality of the matter. I've been on a, you know I, my last company I was on, we had a Citation Bravo. We put eight people on a Bravo, <laughs> and eight people on a Bravo flying into Lewisburg, West Virginia is a pretty it's a tight fit. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because it has eight seats doesn't mean you. Know it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's lu- it doesn't mean it's luxury. It just means it's convenient. Welcome to the Jet Life Podcast, pulling back the curtain on private aviation so you can live that jet life to the fullest. My name's Tom Lelio, and I'm your ultimate jet guide. Hello and welcome to the Jet Life Podcast. My name is Tom Lelio and I am your ultimate jet guide. Today I'm joined with Craig Pickin. Craig is the co-founder and managing partner for North Star Group. He's also the host of the Aerospace Executive Podcast and a former Naval Flight Officer. Craig, thank you so much for being here. Hey Tom, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking about business aviation, some trending topics, and uh, the meat and potatoes of today. We talk about common misunderstandings that the public and the media have when it comes to business aviation. So I'm excited to have you here. Great topic. No, I'd love to talk about business aviation. It's uh, it's the coolest industry in the world. It, it's it's under a big spotlight right now. But let's talk about some of the awesome things it provides. All right, cool. Well, um, I'd love to do a couple, like two two quick trending stories that are going on right now we can discuss in, in business aviation then we'll hop into the meat and potatoes so let's talk about spirit airlines i love the <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the the title no spirit airlines wasn't using duct tape in the online video it was faa approved speed tape so if you haven't seen um there was a viral video yeah it was some worker putting speed tape you know on the wing it might you know you know and, and i love this is the this is the downside of social media is every knucklehead passenger can can get on in, in a video and go, this is why I don't fly Spirit Airlines because they're duct taping down the wing. You know, they're duct taping the wing. And it's like, well, let's call time out here. You, know, you talk about the 5,000 people that built Learjets, you know, in Wichita, Kansas. All the people that designed and engineered those airplanes, all the people that at the FAA who worked to certify them and here you come with your knucklehead opinion and you say, because you don't like your competitor's product, you say, oh, you have to denigrate it in some way. And I think, you know, this is the problem with social media. So, you know, so when you get on there and, and you, you say you know, a negative comment about Spirit Airlines, you've just denigrated all the, you know, all the people that maintain Spirit's airplanes, you know. You know all the people who work on them, fly on them, the entire company, the FAA, who monitors the safety of the airlines? And oh, by the way, I have not seen, yeah, you know, I have not seen a mishap that Spirit Airlines has had in like ever. Um, you know, so yeah, I sit there and I think about the two pilots up in the up in the cockpit. They're not going to take an unsafe airplane. Yeah, speed tape is a well known. Is a well-known you know, device for a temporary repair. Do you know? Do you? Do, I don't. I didn't read the story too too closely. But do you know what they were? What or what do you think they were fixing? Or what? They, what is CBD tape usually used for? Yeah. Look. Yeah. You see the Hawkeye in the back. You see the Hawkeye in the back. You know, uh, of you know, on the in the on the wall behind me. And we used to use speed tape. Yeah. You know, we had a. You know, our de-icing boots had. A, yeah. We're notorious for you know you know separating from the airplane. 
you know, and you know, one time we were taxiing to the catapult and one of the de-icing boots separated from the airplane. We still had to go launch. And our maintain our maintainers came out and they they you know, speed tape, but we laughed like, thank God for speed tape. And they, they taped the de-icing boot to the wing and you know, we launched. Five hours later we flew back, we trapped, and you know, life life was good. Yeah, you know, what does it do? Yeah, what does it do? You maybe you have a fastener, maybe you have a cowling fastener that failed somewhere or broke and you know, you want to, you know, you want to make a temporary repair to get the airplane, you know, to get the airplane launched. It's, you know, it's nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a big nothing burger. And, and, and to that point, like whether you're a big commercial airlines or you're a pilot or mechanic that has to make yeah. that call, like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because mm-hmm. I'm sure those passengers at Spirit would have been equally as pissed off if they were like, sorry, guys, you can't fly right now. Yeah. We have to cancel or delay the flight. <laughs> Yeah, and and I remember reading another article. It was like some guy was uh, he was flying. It was an RV two eleven engine on a seven fifty seven. He said he saw some smoke or something. And he's like, he yeah, told the flight attendant. And the flight attendant yeah, is like, yeah, we got two pilots up here who are much more qualified than you to determine <laughs> whether the airplane is safe to fly. Yeah, I think we're good to go. Go take your seat. If you don't like it, yeah, get off the airplane. Yeah, that's yeah. The customer's not always right, especially when it comes to when it comes to things like that. Well, let's get one more hot take. Um, let's do. We'll, we'll go. We'll move on to Wheels Up. They are, they are in the news for sure. Wheels Up is kind of one of those those big companies that made a huge impact in private aviation, trying to make it a little bit more uh, accessible for people. You know, as it says here, once promised to become the Uber or the Airbnb of private jets. Uh, what, what's your hot take on that? All right, so I'll say this two things. One, um, I'm going to be I'm going to go positive, and then I'm going to say the others. Kenny Dichter is the best marketing person, front end of the house, you know, personality in the world. I mean, if I had a company and I needed a spokesman, or I needed just somebody out there, you know, from a big personality macro view. He's the person I want. Mm. The second thing about Wheels Up is that when I look through Wheels Up, and I know a lot of people that work there, they're all top-notch. You know, Wheels Up has a really good, they've built a really good batch of people from, you know, from sales to aircraft management to operations. Um, even the companies, you know, they bought Mountaineer, they bought you know, a couple other, you know, they, they've, they've really integrated some really sharp people. The problem with Wheels Up is the business plan was bad. Um, look, I, I'm not a Wall Street expert, but I never put any money into Wheels Up. And I could tell you for one reason, one reason only. I know enough about fractional aircraft, haven't been in it. It is almost impossible to make money off of King Airs. It is really hard to make money off of Legacy Citation 10s, which are very maintenance intensive. And then when you take the fact that he's got 12,000 members on and guaranteeing them rates and guaranteeing them response times for only 100 airplanes, he's got too many customers. He had to go to the spot market too many times. Yeah, yeah, I saw that a lot. Yeah, The business plan, the business plan, if you broke it down, it, lo- it's, it looks really good on paper. But in reality, it's just a very, you know, look, running airplanes around the world in fractional service. You know, NetJets does it great. FlexJet does it great. You know, you've got other companies out there that do a, a really good job. It's just a hard business, and people underestimate it. You know, where do I think Wheels Up goes? I don't know. Does I, I don't think you could democratize business aviation. 
I mean, I well, think- that, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm interested in, in your take on where what, what this does, what this means for private aviation. Because that, that's yeah. exactly what they were trying to do, right? Make it more accessible. Look, look, my, you, can't democratize, you can't democratize business aviation. You can't make it cheaper any way that you can make a pizza less, you know, less caloric. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. The math just doesn't – the math never added up for me. Right, right. Well, and they're still trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. And, you know, I, I think the next – they've got a new CEO search on going. Um, I think that guy's got – yeah, you know, the, the the second the second you know, skipper of the Titanic had a big job ahead of him too, and, yeah, uh, right. and I think that's the problem is I'm not sure Wheels Up survives um, in its current state. It's got to, it's got to undergo a pretty pretty massive business plan. I get adjustment. it. Well, let's let's go on to uh, to the main event here. One of the main reasons that I reached out to you is because we saw here in Business Insider they had this this. Interesting article about the ultra wealthy who fly private are costing average flyers who won't ever use private planes a lot of money. And it just goes through a laundry list of just kind of grumbles. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, look, I, I, yeah, I, I read Business Insider, um, but this was a very biased article. And it was it was written by some think tank. It was written by an author who's and the whole article was based on the sole opinion of some guy out of Vermont. Who's got a you know look? He, he's part of a you know environmentalist. You know, it's an environmentalist. You know, he's an activist in some way, shape, or form. You know, I'm not sure which. You know, there's a little bit of a socialist bent to it. There's a little bit of a green activist bent to it. And basically, his his conclusion was business aviation should die because it's just you know it just supports the luxury market. Um, well, yeah, let's look at that. Let's look at that in a different way. Um, and there's a lot of ways to – there's a lot of positives about business aviation. Yeah, you you went through a couple of great ones. I mean you talked about you know the tax component because you know, they specifically said, oh, they don't pay you know enough taxes. You talked about how business and general aviation support uh, the economy, um, how the airports are not always you know subsidized and, and the airports are providing opportunities and jobs, fuel, uh, benefits to the community itself – the fact that people use it as a business uh, tool, and then of course the environmental uh, issues that are uh, brought up a lot of the time um, usually are blown way out of proportion. And we're actually, from the business perspective, looking at carbon offsets and um, are really at the forefront for sustainable aviation fuel and, and things of that nature. So yeah, well, look, let's let's just go through the list. One, you know, business aviation supports about three hundred billion dollars in economic activity every year. So if I go by this guy's article, I go, okay, everybody in Savannah, Georgia, that works for Gulfstream, let's just do your job. Let's just throw away your job. All 13,000 of you just sign up for employment tomorrow. Um, Gulfstream and General Dynamics has done an amazing job in Savannah of you know, creating a, you know, a, you know, a manufacturing facility that designs and engineers phenomenal airplanes. And when you think about the economic activity, you know, Wichita, Kansas, uh, Battle, you know, Battle Creek, Michigan, Duncan Aviation, or Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, Duncan Aviation. Or you think about Tamarack Aerospace out in Idaho that's developing winglets. And you think about all these companies that are on the periphery of business aviation. It's $300 billion of economic, positive economic activity. These are good, high-paying, high-skilled High quality jobs 
you know, in interesting places. You know, you think Savannah, Georgia. It's not known as the aircraft mecca of the world. But, you know, here's this, you know, company that's grown. Like, you know, when I worked there, I think it was 3,500 people. And now it's 13,000. Um, you know, Brunswick, Georgia. I think, you know, Melbourne, Florida. You know, all these places, you know, business aviation supports it. You know, so that's one. There's a lot of high quality. Mm-hmm. And those people are like you, to your point, those people are, are paying into taxes as well. Oh, yeah. So it's not like the, the, the industry just takes and takes and takes and takes. Like just because what I, what I don't like about articles um, like this or, or, or even just like opinions when we don't have the, the back and forth discussion is it negates the, the, the subtleties and the nuances of it that's, you know, that's really important. And, and, and so, no, I appreciate what you're saying. I mean, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. When you think about Cedar Rapids, you know, Collins Aerospace up there. How many design, how many avionics engineers, you know, you know, live in Cedar Rapids? It supports the whole company. You know, Collins Aerospace has built Cedar Rapids economy. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. You know, the second thing is, is look, with COVID, the airlines are, the, the whole dynamic of the airlines is shifting. You know, you're, you're going to lose a lot of service to middle market cities, you know, small middle market cities. And I did a search recently for a director of aviation for a Fortune 300 company. As part of that search, I ran into a fellow who's the assistant director of aviation for a fleet. They've got two um, Citation XLSs. And those two airplanes support 50 manufacturing facilities around the country. And each one of those facilities is outside a range. They fly into rural airports. They're not within two hours of any major metropolitan area. And you think about, you know, and oh, by the way, he goes, when we fly, we have seven passengers on board. It's like, all right, seven passengers on a Citation XLS, you know, doing four stops to these rural towns around the country. you know, those businesses couldn't thrive. Those economy of those 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 small cities or small towns, you know, need that economic activity and the jobs that that company provides. You know, once again, business aviation is there to support it. Yeah, and what was the what was the point you brought up about um, the fact that some of these airports that uh, that don't support commercial flights, they're not necessarily supported by government funds. No. Um, you know, you mentioned like flying into you know Falcon Jet. Um, you know, it's not cheap. Yeah, well, Van Nuys Airport. I mean, you, you put a hangar up at Van Nuys. Just you know, hangars in Van Nuys for your Falcon Jet are very expensive. You know, Van Nuys Airport is not supported by you know, a lot of federal dollars. It's, there's a lot of leaseholders in there. I, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, quite frankly, the airport in Wilmington, North Carolina, as much as it's grown, you know, modern aviation is here. Modern aviation sells a lot of fuel to transient aircraft because we're you know first point of First port of entry, coming back to the States. Um, a lot of hangars have been built for aircraft. Um, we've got you know, the, uh, you know, you're, you know, a, lot of, you know, a lot of leaseholders on the property that support, you know, that support the town. A lot of cargo facilities. You know, it's those FBOs, it's those cargo facilities, it's those hangars that support the airport. Most airports, most airports just couldn't survive on commercial traffic alone. And it's, it's those ultra wealthy private flyers that are literally taking their money and putting it into the hands of those local communities. But a, but a private flyer is my next door neighbor 
who is a real estate developer. And he's got projects going up in Charlotte. He's got projects going out up in, uh, up in the mountains of Asheville. And he's got a 182. And he flies his own Cessna 182 to his real estate projects. So to sit there and say it's an unnecessary evil or it's a quote-unquote luxury, um, it's ridiculous. And then look, you know, the guy brought up Elon Musk and Elon Musk's, how much Elon Musk uses his jet. Um, let's just put this in perspective. Tesla employs about, I don't know, five, six, seven, ten thousand employees. SpaceX employs a whole bunch of people. Starlink is the reason, one of the, the main reasons Ukraine has not been overrun by Russia. Uh, let's see, Twitter. Uh, he was a big investor in PayPal. You know what? I don't know how you could do all that without a, without a jet. And quite frankly, I want Elon Musk and his security team on Elon's airplane, not not trying to go through security at Sacramento. You know, as a major disruptor. As a major disruptor. You know, that's just the way it comes down to. Um, you know, business aviation. There's a lot of goods about business aviation, and you know, I think to look at it through one lens of you know, it emits, you know, you know, the, these jet engines emit carbon. Yeah, look, it's a small price to pay. Yeah, every, yeah, everything is, everything comes with a price. And I think the, the benefits of business aviation, you know, outweigh the, the, you know, the negatives by a factor of 10. No, I agree. And, and I, I like the point of, you know, you brought up the, the emissions. Uh, I like the point of innovation, mm -hmm. you know, whether the, whether the, the, the obstacle ahead of us is the carbon footprint or the obstacle ahead of us is how do we safely get from, you know, New York over to London, like over an entire ocean or how do we fly, you know, at night and be safer? Like all of these challenges that is set forth in front of aviation leads to progress. It leads mm -hmm. to innovation and to shut that all down. It's not just going to have a negative impact on, you know, the people that are flying, but it's going to have a negative impact on all the people that benefit from that trickle down. You yeah. know, of, of innovation. Look, you, you know, business aviation, the, the need, the need has been recognized. You know, MBAA, I go to these conferences, corporate jet investor, and you sit there and everybody says, hey, look, we need to develop more SAF. Okay. You know, there's not enough, you can't develop enough SAF and, you know, to, to, to support all the airlines. But if all the business jet operators decided to use, you know, SAF, you know, it, you know, it, it makes, it makes a difference. Or if you want to use carbon offsets, heck, you could set up little companies down in Brazil and say, hey, for, for, every, for every few bucks we get, you buy in carbon offsets, we go replant some of the rainforest. Yeah, we go, we go restore some of the rainforest. Okay, you're making a difference in the world, right? Um, yeah, business, business aviation operators are definitely thinking about this stuff. And, you know, it's a good, it's a good thought process. But, you know, they're already paying, you know, $8, $9 for fuel. In some areas that pay a seven percent fuel tar fuel tax on that, they're paying federal excise taxes. So to sit there and say it, it's it's piggybacking off the airlines um, is not necessarily an accurate statement. No, I agree. Oh, Craig, I, I really do appreciate you you hopping on and give some hot takes on on some of this industry news. Um, real quick, I know a lot of people that will watch uh, this this episode will kind of be first time uh, jet owners, and they can kind of be intimidated sometimes by what seems to be a louder minority that will um, tout the the negativity of, of business aviation and private aviation. What would you say to someone who's looking to buy their first private jet 
in the face of, you know, maybe their, 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 their wife or their brother-in-law at the Thanksgiving table is just like, I can't believe you're going to do this. Like, it's a terrible idea. You know, what would you say to them? Look, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it, you know, the, you know, the, you know, there's always going to be the activists out there that are going to you know, shame you into doing something different, you know, but, but at the end of the day, corporate aviation, business aviation supports economic growth. And, you know, we want to do it cleaner. We want to do it better. We want to do it safer. We want to, we want to make our businesses more efficient. You know, if, a, if an airplane, be it a you know, small TBM or a Pilatus to a Gulfstream 650 is going to make your business better, then go for it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, go for it. You're, you're supporting jobs. You're paying pilots. You're supporting people at the FBO. You know, you're, you're buying parts which support manufacturing companies. There's a whole ecosphere that you're supporting, that you're supporting. Yeah, it's not as it's not as selfish as some people will try to make it make it make it out no. to be. No, and it's not as luxurious either. That's true too. Yeah, yeah that's it's just yeah you know, that's just the reality of the matter. I've been on a you know I, my last company I was on we had a Citation Bravo. We put eight people on a Bravo, <laughs> and eight people on a Bravo flying into Lewisburg, West Virginia is a pretty it's a tight fit. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because it has eight seats doesn't mean you know. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean it's luxury. It just means it's convenient. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Well, thank you so much, Craig. I do appreciate. Uh, where can people find out more information about uh, your projects and, and connect with you? Yeah, just uh, they can. Uh, my website is northstaresg.com. My email is craig at northstaresg.com, or they can just call my call my office nine one zero five zero nine seven one two nine. Great. Well, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. And I hope to see you on a, on a future podcast. Thanks for having me on, Tom. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the ultimatejetguide.com.